0: All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire basketball edition of the podcast. We had a week off, so I hope you had a good, if you celebrate Christmas, had a good Christmas. MWWire.com, that's our um, place of business, I guess, where we're doing articles on basketball and other stuff because this is a great way to introduce the show. Hey, Jeremy Moss with uh, Eli Becker, and Conference Play is here. Conference Play.
1: We are back with some league play, but first off, I need to ask you about that uh, that knife set you get. Are you going to cut up some <laughs> some ham in, the, in yeah! the meantime? No. Oh boy, we're going to
0: start off with that. We could do that. No, we could do that <laughs> um, for Christmas because um, ham is a holiday dish, I guess, for most people. Did you have ham during the Christmas break? No, we always have Mexican food for Christmas. Oh, I need to be. I need to invite to your house for this. There we go. <laughs> uh, I did have Chinese food on Christmas Day because. I didn't want anything else to add. I'm like, I'm bored and drove around. I I found two places open, Chinese food or the uh, small like burrito joints. I'm like, I'll go for some Chinese food, which was jammed packed. But people have listened to this podcast, football, basketball, followed me on Twitter. I'm not a huge fan of ham. I'm not not a huge fan of the ham. (laughs) I like bacon, which is part of ham. I like pork chop is okay. I like ribs. That's part of a pig, right? That's kind of the same thing. Not a huge fan of, not. I don't like the ham. And so I made a joke, two two reasons I made a joke. A family member brought over ham and pineapple, which is usually, I, I like that better than most. Together? You never had glazed pineapple, glazed ham with pineapple? Never. I've never even heard of that. You cannot tell me you don't you like ham if you've never had that before. That's like the only type of ham to, I'll tolerate. That's hey, that's not bad. <laughs> with pineapple? It's is this, like, is this a Texas thing? No. It's a glazed, huh. you never had a glazed pineapple ham? No. It's actually, it's actually not bad, except <laughs> for the one I had Saturday, this past weekend. Totally <laughs> oh, no. And I didn't say anything because this is my wife's sister, and she whispers to me, this ham's not any good. <laughs> I'm like, yes, victory. So I took to Twitter and said, hey, I got somebody convinced about not liking ham. And I was joking because I knew some people would react to it just because. Mm-hmm. But then I get, I guess like every year since I've been married, I guess we get like uh, my wife's parents gives like all the, their kids or whatever couples like hey here's a knife or something from Cutco like uh, eventually I'll have a set I don't know when or maybe I do have a set but I mean she's like make a joke about ham I'm like hey here's my because it's a carving knife and so I'm like hey here's what I can do to carve some ham
1: <laughs> man but it's I like I don't know if I'll live to see that day <laughs> I
0: I will eat a ham sandwich if that's kind of weird like from lunch meat is that acceptable
1: yeah it's acceptable but I just I don't I can't see pineapple and ham together Though that just doesn't seem
0: right to me it's like pineapple pizza what you're getting at? Do, do, no, I, I can't tolerate pineapple and pizza either. Okay, Canadian bacon. Oh, we'll look it up. We'll put a poll or something on Twitter because I'm pretty sure I've had it in. I've lived in multiple states. In every state, it's a thing. So it's not just being from mm. Texas or Houston or when I used to live in New York for a while. It's like, no, it's a pineapple glazed ham is a thing. You've, n- you've never heard of it? Never heard of it. Oh, my goodness. Let me just do a quick Google search here. Pineapple glazed ham, it pops up. Let's see how popular it is? Um Okay, maybe this one from Food Network. Don't. Okay, when you look at this first, um, don't look at the one with the cherry on top of the pineapple on the ham because that's terrible. That one has like cherries ch- to it, too? Well, I, I put in pineapple glazed ham. First thing that pops up on Google, and we'll get to basketball shortly, folks. Eventually, we will. It goes place a cherry in the center of each pineapple ring and secure the clove or toothpick in a small bowl. Combine the brown sugar, mustard, and just enough reserved pineapple juice to make a thick glaze. I don't know where the cherries come from. I've seen it before, but. It's a good thing you just glaze it with. It. It's like taking the juice and glazing with it. That's basically what it is. It's like brown sugar and stuff too. So, so it what looks type, Cool. What type? Of, what type of ham do you have? Just plain ham? Yeah.
1: Nope. Too, I mean, just nothing too crazy. So, I especially don't put pineapple or cherries on it. Interesting.
0: <laughs> hmm. I don't know. You never heard of pineapple? Whatever. It's okay. Yeah, but I'll ha-
1: have to. I'll have to explore it at some point.
0: Give it a try. I'll just say this: when I see people at the Honey bake Ham Store, I'm like suckers. What are you doing? <laughs> like, seriously, Mexican food, have ribs, have something good. Because I said this a million times, and I hope maybe people agree with me or not, but there's a ton of better food than ham, right?
1: It's, I mean, it's like ham is similar to a good bowl of soup. Like, no one's going to go tell their friends about this awesome soup they had.
0: You know? less it's is like, clam oh, chowder. Yeah, this is decent ham. Clam chowder. Oh, okay, yeah. Clam let's, chowder let's, or let's chili take. you can brag about, but if it's like a good chicken noodle, no, sorry minestrone what if i don't like soup is that is that is that okay as well or is that a strike against me too uh,
1: there,
0: there are some bad soups
1: so i'll uh, probably give you a pass for that
0: i like chili but yeah okay so, so what type of mexican food do you have do you make uh, tacos burritos carnitas what do you what yeah, do? yeah we do do? so
1: we have like mexican pizza tortilla things so and then we have wait wait uh, describe
0: guess, that better because a mexican tortilla pizza thing yeah, yeah so toast, do you mean a tostada
1: No, I mean it's, but it's basically a Mexican pizza. So you just have your, your baked tortilla. You have, um, meat, lettuce, tomato, onion, cheese, salsa, hot sauce, all that stuff on it. Just like a flatbread, then, then, but a soft shell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, an enchilada casserole of sorts, Mm -hmm. and beans and rice and all that kind of stuff. So it's good. But that's that's been a family tradition for decades and decades and decades and we just decided to stick with it so we that's, don't need the big ham dinner for christmas that's t- kind of overrated
0: I tell people no it's like give me some uh, give me a good i don't know whatever i just like i just like good food i like flavorful food and that ham is whatever it's ham that's that's the best way to describe it right it's ham it's ham
1: yeah <laughs> it's it's fine
0: all right let's get to basketball now we don't need more food talk so let's get on to a <laughs> the latter tale of non-conference play because non-conference play is dying and I guess let's go back to the Gonzaga game because we, in our last show, we talked about Gonzaga. Santa State figured, oh, the Zags are probably going to win because they're the better team. But Santa State, they end up winning the game. If you didn't see it, I don't know. Find some highlights. It's a week old. You should find it by now. You should have heard about it. Seventy-two to seventy, and they nearly blew it as well. Because they had a what well, they have almost a, was a ten-point lead late in the game, like about with a couple minutes left, where they were pretty much in control, and then they decided to pull an Aztec and almost lose it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, if it were to happen, it wasn't going to happen easily. And honestly, I didn't give San Diego State much of a shot at all. I mean, they came off, they're fresh off a home loss to a California team that's one of the worst in the Pac 12. Had 12 days off before they match up with Gonzaga, the top 15 team. But they look—they made Gonzaga look terrible. Um, some of their stars couldn't hit a bucket. Josh Perkins was one of seven with six turnovers. Um, Killing Tilly he had four turnovers. They they just frustrated Gonzaga. They shot poorly from the field, and, and they really started off pretty hot uh, from the field themselves, which is not something that we we're come to expect against a pretty solid Gonzaga team. But they knocked down number of threes to keep them into it, and they just controlled the game throughout. And there wasn't a point th- through the whole entire forty minutes that gon- that uh, Gonzaga gained the lead. So SDSU led throughout. They. <laughs> nearly choked the away at the end, but had just enough in the tank to pull off a pretty big upset.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a big deal. They were number 12 at the time, and Aztecs are, I'm going to call, they're, they're the team that's going to confuse everybody this year. I, I can already see it because they play, Arizona State was way better than we thought were back back in what game two. They got rushed out of the gym second half. They lose to Washington State, who's weird, beat George. Like they up or down. Then they have the Cal game who, What's Kyle's record? Have they won four games yet this year? If that. They lost to Chaminade, which we mentioned a million times. They're
1: 6-7. and seven. Yeah, they lost
0: to Chaminade. Chaminade, uh, St. Mary's. Well, that's fine. You, who's you? Oh, Central Arkansas. <laughs> Portland UC State. Portland State, yeah. They've – and so I knew at that point they're oh – they are they have talent, but they're not going to have consistent talent. If that makes sense. Because they have, who is it, Mitchell, who scored... People were freaking out when he scored a 31 points against... Was it San Diego Community, Christian College, whatever it was? <laughs> <laughs> or the like. Something like that. But he had, what... Is that where he had 31 points? What game was it? where he had 31 points? Was that... No, that's a different game.
1: I, I, it wasn't that one. But he, he has broken out a couple of times. He's a good freshman, solid shooter. That was against uh, Eastern Illinois that he had 31. Including 7-11 from deep. But I... They were inconsistent last year, and then you lose your Hall of Fame coach, and even whenever you have a first-year head coach, I don't care who it is, your team isn't going to be super consistent. So maybe we weren't expecting it to be as rocky as it is, and they followed up that Gonzaga win with the road loss to Wyoming in a game that they really weren't that competitive. So (laughs) you never really have the same guys playing well and playing with each other on the same night so it's it's just kind of a confusing team and one that they I mean they have the talent to beat Nevada or Boise or UNLV on any given night and then they can also slip up against a team like Fresno or Colorado State or Wyoming as they did on Wednesday so uh, it'll be tough to see where this team ends up but they they have the potential of winning the conference. They have the potential of finishing sixth or seventh. So we just don't really know.
0: That's about to say like they were predicted second in the uh, media poll. I think they did they get a couple first place votes, I believe. But they have a they do have time. Like here's a couple things too. Yes, you say they slip up versus Wyoming, but was not Wyoming favored in that game? I believe they
1: were. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, and actually Ken Palm had San Diego State winning by three. Okay, so
0: but toss up essentially. Not, right,
1: you're not going to go into Wyoming and, and run them out of the building. They're they're too solid at home to do that.
0: Yeah, and also, like, I was looking at um, with John Rostings. We talked about this before. And then you also got, like, Aaron Torres, who covers the Mountain West over at the Athletic, like a weekly uh, notebook, whatever. So Rosting mentioned, oh, six days ago, Aztecs beat Gonzaga. It's anything they lost at Wyoming. Whatever, Peacock today, Feather, Duster tomorrow, Lame Joke, whatever. Here's the thing, though. We've mentioned this before. I've seen this for years. Going on the road, not, 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 don't even, who cares it's Wyoming, but going on the road, anywhere in the conference, it's a tough place to play. You have the pit, you have, um, the spectrum, you have Boise's gotten better, going to Viejas, going to Thomas and Mack, going anywhere in the conference, like, even the lowest place in the conference, what, probably Fresno and San Jose State, are probably the easiest road trips, but even Fresno State, Fresno State's good, and with, um, San Jose has one or two, one player there, which is one or two guys, but, well also at seventy two hundred feet. you're at a mile above you' you're, you're going to be well above a mile. and also Wyoming's a pretty good basketball team as well. for this' they're, aspect- they're
1: not a, yeah, they're not a they're not a bad team, and they also play at a style that's really difficult to counter if if you're not on it because they shoot a ton of threes, they run into quick tempo, and they'll have nights like they did against San Diego State where they drill ten, eleven, twelve, threes. They were twelve of twenty nine from deep um, last night. And that's something that San Jose State is not used to. But it just happens, especially on the road in the Mountain West, because this is probably the toughest conference to get road wins in the entire nation. And we saw that on the very first night. And also, uh, home teams went 4-1 four, four yesterday in the first night of the conference play. So that's what we've come to expect.
0: We should maybe in off season because it'll take a while, look at some sort of uh, historical road home splits between like all the conferences. I, I know it's I know it's not exclusive to the Mountain West, but we're cl- more watching more closely. But we've seen past couple years like what was it? San Jose State beat at San Diego State. Wasn't that the case last year? Or Fresno at San Diego State? Or everybody getting a? It's always tough to go anywhere to beat these teams. Like it doesn't matter where you're at, whether it's the altitude or how to because it's not easy to get to Laramie. Because there was a couple years ago, Aztecs were like yeah we got a private jet or charter jet. They ran out of gas partway through somehow had to land in some. <sighs> It's like, how does this happen? You charter a jet? It's like, come on, you you don't have enough gas fuel to get somewhere. And so it's like, it's just difficult. Like to get to Fort Collins, it's not terribly hard, but it's uh there's airport nearby, but you gotta drive a little bit to get to Laramie. Go to Denver or Colorado Springs, drive an hour plus. Going to San Jose is not difficult. Fresno, you have to drive in somewhere. Going to Logan, you fly into Salt Lake, you drive an hour plus, or maybe go to the Ogden airport. You're still. Thirty-five minutes away from the university, so it's it's hard to get there. You got all the altitude, specifically if you are coming from like UNLV or San Diego, specifically a six thousand foot swing almost. And so, but also give them credit. There is a, a good team. They're why would you good team? Like Hayden Dalton had what thirty-six and fifteen. He had two blocks as well and five assists. He it's they're a great good team, but like with Aztecs, I think you are right. Like they're a team that could. I wouldn't be surprised if they win at Nevada, but then lose like. At Fresno, you know what I mean? Like, not the yeah, first, not the first is bad, but like lose to a team that they probably shouldn't have. Like they probably shouldn't have lost to Wyoming. I but the margin of victory is concerning because this is basically it's almost the same thing that happened versus Arizona State. They're within it or leading and close to halftime, and then get blown out in the second half because they try to check it from three point range because they're down, and well, Wyoming made almost half their threes. So it's like, well, that's what you get. Turn turnovers are about the same. Was just well. I mean, what is it uh, not that they had better legs? Maybe, but they're used to playing at that that height, and they play a different type of offense. Where this Aztec defense we've known and loved forever is not as good as it used to be. So there you go.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's true, and it, it is. I was going to bring that up. It was a very similar result as the Arizona State game because San Diego State, Wyoming played close in the first half, and then Wyoming just went off in the final twenty minutes. And going back to your. Um, Little tidbit there on winning on the road. You could probably make the case that, geographically speaking, the Mountain West Conference is probably the m- most difficult conference to play in. I mean, maybe the American, I know t- the, there are teams that stretch into Middle America all the way up no, to the Upper it, East. The but... whack. It's the whack. Whack? Oh, it, it, yeah, that's a good point. Chicago Southern, and all the way in the barrier. And South Texas. <laughs> that is tough. But, I mean,. You you have teams that are in the Bay Area. You have teams that are up in Boise. Teams in the mountains, um, all the way over to Albuquerque. So it's not easy at all. Well, and, and the
0: I, and the arenas too. It's like where, <laughs> where they're at, like the pit. It's like it's yeah, the name and all that stuff. But it's also, like I said, the good teams. The you are right. Geography is different from, but it's just a uh, that's part of it too. It's 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 probably top three because of distance and. What do you got? Distance, like geographical landscape, weather, and I guess that could be two spots. by getting to it, and like I mentioned, altitude and stuff. But it's a that's why I say with the Air Force, man, go twenty deep and rotate five guys in every five every media timeout, Rotate a new set of guys, <laughs> just run right. them out of the gym. They, they, the connect should be able to do that. But let's get to Nevada real quick because they are the next team that they were ranked at one point. They they did they, they get I think they got one point in the most recent uh, one of the polls, AP coaches poll. But then they leads to a San Francisco team. Down in Vegas, which San Francisco's not very good. Come on, how do they lose to San Francisco?
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's definitely a game that Nevada just should not lose. San Francisco's probably not a top one hundred and fifty team in the conference. The Wolfpack started off this game super slow. They trailed thirty-five to twenty-six at the half and just seemed out of it. They did pull and, and make it close in the end. Uh, they did lead by four with less than or less than or around six minutes left, but just couldn't seal the deal and. I mean, sometimes with a team like this, you're going to have a lot of guys that run ISO plays. They just spread it out and see what they can do with the ball. And sometimes the shots don't fall, and they didn't against San Francisco. But it, it's just hard to fathom that Nevada can only score 64 points against this San Francisco team. And I know that San Francisco is pretty solid defensively. But, I mean, Nevada just has no business losing this game. And even though it's an, it's a neutral atmosphere, the game was played in Las Vegas, so it's in the home state for Nevada, and that's going to be a loss that I, I don't want to say completely takes them out of the at-large hopes. But man, like they're holding on by a thread right now.
0: Yeah, because losing to TCU or Texas Tech, that's one thing. Those are going to be what tops. I don't have. I'm looking at Ken Palm here, but top what fifty, somewhere in that range. Texas Tech is tenth at Ken Palm. TCU is sitting at twenty-four. So they're going to be quality games, opponents. And then with the new RPI set up, both were away from home, neutral. So that kind of tweaks it a little bit for if they do, if those two teams drop, which they probably won't because they're now in conference play themselves. But San Francisco has no place to go but down, essentially, even if they keep winning. Because they're in the West Coast Conference, you have St. Mary's has dropped a bit. Gonzaga's good but not great. Maybe BYU will become a something, become of become something because they were 11 and two and they're a top 60 team at the moment. But then you're playing teams like what Pepperdine and they're like what 298 teams like that who are down to the 300 range of the West Coast Conference. So it's not that you lose to them, but you lose to a team like in a league where what half the league is worse than 200 at the moment right now. I'm looking right here, Ken Palm. Two, three, five of the teams are 200 or worse than Ken Palm.
1: The RPI will only drop, and yeah. San Francisco already has losses to, uh, it looks like, four teams that are sub-100 Ken Palm teams right now, including Long Beach State at 236 and Duquesne at 209. So, um, I mean, we can beat the dead horse, but this loss is going to be one that, I mean, prototypical bubble teams in the past from mid-major conferences have been in this similar scenario as Nevada, where they have their quality win probably isn't against power conference team, which it is in Nevada's case in Rhode Island probably have one bad loss in non-conference play, and then they'll finish league play with a solid record. But it's it's too bad because if Nevada could have taken one of those games against Texas Tech or TCU, they would probably be sitting in really good shape even with that loss to San Francisco.
0: Yeah, because after the loss, like I put in piece two, mentioning the same thing with San Diego State, they're at large Chances to smoke. And they probably already were because the Cal loss is just ab- abysmal, even though that RPI might rise just because they're in the Pac-12. But – San Francisco was the 23rd. Um, Lenardi came out with his uh, new bracket. They have them as eight seed. Boise is a six team out. So it's like eight seed for a team that went 25 games. It's like, wow, well, that's kind of crappy. Just because they're, and the conference is better. But you mentioned, you put out a tweet, um, what, a week ago, like there's what, five teams in the top 80 Ken Palm? Is that something somewhere in that range, which you mentioned last week? Yeah, top seventy right now. Is that was that the case last week as well, or re- earlier in the week? Yes, it was. Okay, so you have three. It's now changed to four because Fresno is down to eighty-two because they lost to uh, who they lose to uh, UNLV. They lose. They,
1: they no, Nevada, got, Nevada, Nevada. Yeah, handled by Nevada. Mm-hmm. So
0: before that, you mentioned, and I looked up in there, I retweeted like that was also the last time because because you, you mentioned the years twenty thirteen was the last time they had five top seventy Ken Palm teams. That's also the last time there's five teams in the NCAA tournament within the conference. I'm just saying, but it's probably not going to happen. But this is probably the the case. Could be made. This is the strongest this league's been in a while. It's just that I know I know the committee shouldn't look at past results, but that just happens. It's like it shouldn't be the case, but like oh, they only got one team in last year before they lose in the first round to whether it be Utah and Fresno or with the last year Iowa State and Nevada. Do you think the league's even that much better? Because like I'm looking at another tweet from Ross. He's like, "Yeah, UNLV has a chance for at large." He mentions mentioned, but they almost had to be perfect. And so it's like, well,
1: it's I I guess I have two I have two optimistic ways to look at this, and I'll I'll be hammering this home in the next two months. Good. But <laughs> the first thing is, the the league is deeper than it has been in previous years, and and we've seen that because we have probably four to five teams that can win the regular season title and actually beat legitimate top 50 teams. So it's it's deeper at the top, and it's not nearly as bad at the bottom. And I think, I mean, like you said, it's probably the strongest the league has been since 2013, and it still doesn't have probably one at-large worthy resume right now. To, to, I mean, to be brutally honest, I don't think you could make a case for Nevada or Boise State or San Diego State or any of those teams when you compare them next to power conference teams. But at the same time, I think we need to keep an eye on Nevada because although they had that San Francisco loss, they don't have that big quality win. They are ranked 29th in Ken Palm. And I I did some research last year looking at Wichita State, and no mid-major ranked 22nd or better has ever missed the NCAA tournament. So if they're able to just cruise through conference play and blow out some teams and improve their Ken Palm standing, and I know that's not the prototypical route of getting into the NCAA tournament, but if they're able to be between 20 and 25 in the metrics averages come selection Sunday and their only bad losses is San Francisco I think you probably have a case to be made that Nevada belongs in the tournament field but at the same time you can't really make that case for the other teams in the conference because Boise State, UNLV, San Diego State, Fresno State all those teams are around 60 or worse and there's just there's no way that they're going to go up 30 spots even if they go undefeated in a conference play. So, I mean, best case, probably Nevada cruising through conference play and then losing the semifinal to a team that gets that autom- automatic bid. But that's a lot to ask because you, they're just so busy at the top, and there's a chance that Nevada could slip up against Boise or UNLV or maybe one of the weaker teams, just because, as we mentioned, it's so hard to win on the road.
0: So let me go back to one more thing. We'll get to more games. Both Rod Rossin again, who mentioned, like he goes, this is a couple hours ago as of uh, Thursday. He says UNLV could have the best chance of Mountain West team getting at-large bid. His reasoning because they have no bad losses. That might be the case, but what good wins do they have? you got to have wins. You can't just Yeah, have, it's exactly. You, yeah. you can't have. Yeah, you lose to UNI, who's good, Not, but you lose to Arizona, who's not as good as it used to be. But yeah, what's Utah? They'll finish, what? what They're probably the third or fourth best team in the Pac-12. Northern Iowa might win the Missouri Valley, but. Illinois is terrible. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, we're not terrible, but they're you know, not going to win the Big Ten, I don't think, this year. They're not what they used to be. They're about 100 RPI at the moment, I think, if I'm last time I checked. But I don't think that tweet's accurate because, yeah, they can navigate the Mountain West. And like you said, they're 66 at the moment, Ken Palm. They're going to be top 30 to have a good chance. They're probably not going to get a top 30 team by the end of the season, right? Mm, I mean, Nevada, that's about it, though. Yeah, they be- get two shots against Nevada. So I mean, like San Diego State still ranked higher than them, and so let me ask you this real quick: because you look at Ken Palm more closely than I do, what does it exactly include, really? Like you, you, I assume Nevada's higher partly because of who they have returning and things like that. But since we're ten, fifteen games into the season, how could that really change for like UNLV or anybody to move up? Like, what could UNLV do, do to get up besides just win? So.
1: It, it all comes down to margin of victory essentially because what Ken Palm is is a predictive system. So that means it takes your past results and then uses those results to predict what the future results will be. So, say UNLV is favored by three against Boise State. Uh, let's just go with the let's just go with what actually it is right now. UNLV is favored by two um, at home against Boise State on Saturday. So, if they do win that game by two, they would hold their place in Ken Palm but say if they have an excellent night, they win that game by 20, their predictive efficiency margin, which is what Ken Palm is based off of, how many points you score and allow per 100 possessions, that will increase because UNLV performed better than expected. So, like I said with Nevada, with these top teams, if you want to see an increase in Ken Palm and and see it as dramatic as possible, you just have to blow out the teams that, that you're expected to beat and also win against the teams you're expected to lose because... The system predicts how good you will be in the future. So basically, Ken Palm is predicting that UNLV at season's end will be the 66th best team. So if they're able to outperform expectations, then that number will continue to rise, or I guess decrease, because you want to see your ranking decrease. But yeah, just, just win as many games as possible and blow out as many teams as possible to improve your margin, because it all comes down to how many points you're scoring and allowing per 100 possessions.
0: So basically, you're, going, you're competing against yourself, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. So if you're favored by two against Boise, you, I mean, you need to win that game by more than two points to even see a rise in your efficiency margin. So if you win that game by one, it really does you no good in terms of Ken Palm.
0: Okay. So if, cause that's the thing. It's like, who has good wins? Like, the best win is clearly Gonzaga, but it helps nobody because Aztecs aren't getting at large. What Do you have an idea? Like, I, don't, I know you don't have the whole schedule, but what's the next best win? Is it, like, is it beating Utah by UNLV? Has it... Um,
1: I don't know. It it'll probably end up being Boise State win on the road against Oregon. Ah, that's
0: right, Oregon, yeah.
1: And then if not, then maybe Rhode Island's win at home against uh or sorry, Nevada's win at home against Rhode Island. But okay. like those are on the surface those look like solid quality wins, but I mean it's not it doesn't push the needle on Selection Sunday because you have teams that are eighth, ninth, or tenth in the Big Twelve that have That'll end up having four or five top twenty five wins and that just doesn't stack up for the Mountain West. Yeah, so
0: here you go, real quick. Rhode Island forty five, yeah. Oregon forty eight, Utah fifty eight. Okay. So those are okay, whatever. You know, what I mean if you beat TCU, that's a top ten win. Or top twenty win, but whatever. Top twenty five actually. So like even yeah, like even SMU bad, you has, has twenty six. Like SMU's twenty six. So like mm-hmm. the chances or had San Diego State able to play Saint Mary's, they're thirty one at the moment somehow. I don't know how, but they're thirty one. <laughs>
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, we can go back to the schedules and all that, which is obviously a big key to the puzzle uh, for the for the league because you only have so many quality wins as you have quality win chances. But the Mountain West has had their opportunities. To, I mean, if UNLV... Were, if UNA was able to pull off those wins in North against Northern Iowa and Arizona, and mind you, both were in overtime, so they obviously had a chance to win those games, mm-hmm. they'd for sure be a top-20 team right now, and they'd be in a perfect spot for an at-large bid. Um, Nevada, if they wouldn't have lost that game to San Francisco, and if they would have just won one of two against Texas Tech or TCU, which they lost by a combined 10 points, they would it'd be in much better at-large shape. So, you can say what you want about schedules, and I know a lot of people have told me, like, well, maybe maybe these teams should start scheduling up more, and trust me, they're trying because they want to get as many quality wins as possible, but um, I've looked at how this conference has done against top 30, top 50 teams over the last two years, and, I mean, they, they've come up short in at least 90% of the game, so um, it's tough love, but they pretty much have only themselves to blame for the position that they're in right now, and when you're a mid-major, you have limited quality win chances because you just... Can't you just don't have the opportunities once you enter January and you have to play teams in your league?
0: Yeah, because what could have changed a little bit is that, like I know once you get league play, unless you're in a great league, your numbers aren't the fluctuation we know what it's going to be. They're all, mostly all going to drop unless with Ken Palm how it's predictive and you outperform what you're supposed to do. And so what this could have been, what could have helped the league overall is with like Aztecs beating Cal, um, especially UNLV that like, should beat they beat those two teams or split or even Nevada splits. So Nevada could be possibly top 15 have they, like you said, beat San Francisco and beat uh, either Texas Tech or TCU, maybe that much closer to the top, and so had UNLV, one of those games, say they're 32, that helps everybody out because they're already that high, There's, they're not going to rise from 66 to 30, so if you had two top 40 teams, that's going to help the whole league overall, whether it's UNLV Nevada or say Fresno, or most teams, if you get to play those teams twice, you have four chances against the top, two top 35 teams. Now there's just the one chance versus Nevada. And so that could have helped everybody, whether who's close, like Boise is going to be close. Well, I mean, probably not because they have like those two bad losses to Northern Colorado and Denver. But my point is everybody should understand is that had UNLV done a little bit better, even Nevada, it would help the teams like Boise or Fresno, who are in that 50 range, to help them jump up to maybe get in that 40 to 30 range. And so now, like, yeah, they got a bunch of top 70 teams two things will happen. Probably they either beat up on each other, which means nobody's getting in, but one, maybe two, or one team's going to rise above. And hopefully it's not just Nevada to get in. And so he's hope that some team gets high. Cause I think, I don't, I think you don't know, even get at large, but I don't know. It's because like I put up the new numbers again, say I haven't been doing this daily, but I've been close to daily. So I apologize for that being every day. But like, when you look at there's a new RPI and the grouping and people using BPI and Sagar and stuff, but, like Boise has a, Let me ask you this real quick, Eli. Is there a number they're going to take into consideration more than others now that they can use all these other statistics and measurements?
1: So what they use for metrics on on the team sheets, which is what the the committee uses um, in the committee rooms when they select the teams, they have what you've done against certain RPI categories, like we've said, um, like with category one teams, category two, and so on. So... That is, is paramount. You, I mean, that's the number one thing. But then you have your metrics average, which is the average of Kenpom, BPI, and Sagarin, which is also important, and it, it has gained in importance over the last few years. But um, there isn't one that carries more weight than the others. I okay. know Kenpom is definitely the most prominent of the three, but it when you see it on the team sheet, it's just a combination of the three that's in one average. So when you might be 20, 20, and 25, but overall your average is going to be about 22, 23. So, um, yeah, it's it's just an average of the three. So I wouldn't okay. put too much
0: stock in a certain one. I was just curious. Come look at those three mm-hmm. here. Like Sagarin seems to like the Mountain West more than others because this is as of Wednesday night, so as after league play, and every every other play, obviously, Wednesday. But they have Boise 37, Nevada 23, San Diego State's still a top 40 team at 34 after that loss to Wyoming. And then they have 36 for UNLV. And so they they like, the, but there's, again, there's the average because then you have the opposite way where New Mexico is not, not that they're going to make a difference, but there's a, like a 50 point difference almost between Sagarin and BPI. And then like 15 between them and Kempom or San Diego State's a 61 Kempom team but 34 in, B, in Sagarin. So, and also you mentioned the group one group one. There's only one At the whole conference, Nevada has the only Group 1 victory, and that's the home win versus Rhode Island.
1: And that's that's exactly why they're in the position that they're in right now because, I mean, they haven't had a ton of opportunities, but they have had their fair chances against some of the quality win opponents. So, yeah, that's too bad, but that's just the state of the conference right now.
0: Yeah, it's like, but they have, like you said, they have the chances because, overall, every team has played, except for Air Force and San Jose State, everybody's played at least one Group 1 team. CSG's played 4 Nevada 3 New Mexico 3 and this could fluctuate a little bit because it's a obviously rotates but when league play there could be a few more but every team has at least one or two chances only Wyoming has one chance and uh, San Diego State wait wait, wait. no, this is why maybe I made an error yeah go for it I think I made a little error when I did this I'm pretty sure Gonzaga should be a group 1 victory maybe that's a mistake but or they will be I don't know maybe their RPI is not that good for some reason at the moment because it was a home game so it makes it a bit lower. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, just the point that I was going to make is that I know we get flack for saying games are must-wins in like the, like the first full week of the season. I mean, in terms of I mean, we had Nevada, Rhode Island the first Monday of the year. But when it comes down to it, the games that we have in November, December, they are just as if not more important than what you do in January and February, especially for the mid-major conferences. Because you just don't have the opportunities once you enter league play to pick up some of these wins. So, yeah, I mean, UNLV against Northern Iowa and Arizona, if they could get one of those, if Nevada could have gotten one against T C or Texas Tech, it completely changes the complexion of the rest of the season. And that's why we label some of these games as must-wins or almost must-wins, even though it's maybe the first week of December. Because once you reach March, if your team sheet is blank of Category 1 and Category 2 wins, then... I mean, you're probably headed to the NIT.
0: Yeah, it's like I know they take into consideration last ten. I guess you're playing hot. Like, oh, maybe they're a better team, but within these conferences, it's like you have your opportunities for bigger wins. Yeah, I could say they're more important. Like, I could say, like, I'm not naive to say Rhode Island's more important than playing San Jose State for Nevada. It clearly is, or playing Oregon for Boise State's more important than playing even Wyoming, just because your chances to improve your stock are greater against better teams. And so, like, week one, game two, game five, those matter, Like shit if not, or more. But uh, let's get to some stuff we did during the breaks. So we didn't have a show last week. You and I and everybody else put together our pre or not preseason, but uh, we tried to shorten the name here, but are basically top ten players from non-conference play. That's a simple way to put it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that came out pretty well. Better than what we tried to at the end of last show, which was uh, – Oh, it was tough, yeah. It was a mouthful. Oh, I must not have that on our um... – Oh, I, I didn't pin that. But we did our top players in the conference. Here we go, and we have over under win totals. We didn't get to either, but that's okay. So most outstanding player, right now we um, it's Brandon McCoy. He's playing the best by quite a bit.
1: What's he? I at? mean, it, it, there wasn't even a there wasn't even really a second option because all of the staff members chose McCoy. So he was a runaway favorite, and he has been the best player in the conference so far.
0: I, I guess if you're going with some, um great videos are playing hold on uh don't you love that Auto play? but the next closest guy was was it a Caleb Martin from uh Nevada that's about it who's next closest in any way in our list here I believe
1: yeah we also had we had Caleb Martin Deshaun Taylor Chandler Hutchison and Hayden Dalton rounding out the first team and Uh, We go back to the Hayden Dalton performance last night. Oh, boy. He he went off, so he'll probably take a bit of a rise after that really nice performance. He'll probably be the player of the week on Monday. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good individual performances to the first two months of the season. But I think Brandon McCoy, even though he comes in as a five-star and projected lottery pick, he has exceeded expectations to, to just about everyone's expectations so far. He's been excellent. Record a number of 20 and 10s. Um, been the go to guy for UNLV. So uh, we probably didn't expect a lot in terms of box score production, but he's been just fantastic so far. And
0: I think he's fourth in blocks per game as well, like about 1.5 or 1.6. So what? So let's roll this into what I'm starting So I finally, after I teased it for the whole season, preseason, I'm like, okay, I got to do it finally. Got to get this article going about I'm going to put something together, which I started to already. Who's going to be the player of the year? And I piggybacked off our article we did with all the staff voting. But as of right now, it's Brandon McCoy. And I'm going to kind of look at something historically like every week or close to every week. So if you see my last article, it was basically looking at, hey, who's won the Player of the Year since uh, the league formed back in 1998? So it's 20, basically almost 20 years. There actually are 20 players because two co-champion, or not co-champion, but uh, two co-players of the year. Believe it or not, folks, there was an Air Force player who won Player of the Year at one point. (laughs) <laughs> so it's a, oh, what a time Yeah, Nick Welch, when they won the conference but lost the first round of the Mountain West Tournament. So so mm. I went through all those. So here's what I found out. I Because I, if McCoy's going to win it, which may or may not happen just because, who knows, it's still early, obviously. Here's the thing. If you want to be a center, do you know, I know you looked at this list, but there's only been two three centers ever who's won this award. You've had... Uh, maybe maybe four, no three. You have uh, Nick Welch, Air Force, the one Air Force guy. You have a uh, Hafa Arujo from BYU, or I'll say Rafael, but it's really Hafa, that's what his real name goes by. Or Luke <laughs> Luke Neville of uh, Utah, and Andrew Bogut, technically a power four, but he's kind of a center. Or I guess he's both. But so it's been four. But the most common position is shooting guard because if you look at the past decade, essentially, you have uh, Jamal Franklin, Kendall Williams, Xavier Thames, Derek Marks, Marvel Harrison, Gene uh, Clavel. Playable. So I went through all this stuff. You have to be a guard typically to win, so that's out of the norm. And also, which is very interesting, which I figured most people know. You got to be in a good team to win the league, right? To win your league champion or league player of the year, you got to be good on a good team as well. But what I found out, it to be first. Every guy but two was first or second. And that's been the case.
1: I mean, recently too. I, I, Marvel Harris wasn't first or second, but for the most part, yeah,
0: most of those it's it's other it's guys no, have ra- been. regular season. He was, yeah, regular season. Fresno State was, um, they were uh, second place that year, weren't they? Or ah, it, I thought, or, I thought they were third and fourth, but they did win the uh, conference tournament. Maybe, oh, maybe that was the other team because there was only. Uh, it's very rare. Where I'm gonna check right now because I don't want to make an error in that piece. But it's possible. It took me a while to look up everything, but they were, no, they were second, thirteen and five. So you need to be first or second. The one outlier which was nuts and crazy is and I'm gonna do a piece on this next week on this guy, I think. Ruben Douglas, two thousand two, two thousand three. I've already told you this Eli, but I'll let everybody else know it clearly. New Mexico was not good that year. And when I mean not good, he's the only player to finish outside the top three first team to in and, and win the award. They were seventh place in the conference. What was their overall win loss and conference win loss? If you have it on. Yeah, you. yeah, I got, I'm pulling up right now. Um, they were four and ten. Woo. Ten and eighteen overall. But the reason he won the award is because Douglas averaged twenty eight points per game.
1: The man can put the ball in the bucket. That's crazy though, because I mean, I mean, you've seen this with your data for a team to finish four and ten conference play and still have the Player of the Year award. I mean, Jimmer Fredette. I'm looking at right now. He had 28.9 points per game his senior season, uh, the year he gathered in just about every player of the year award you May can Smith imagine. and all that. Yeah, but that team was also fantastic. So that, that's yeah, they that's were Final impressive.
0: Fours. Yeah, if not for Brandon Davies getting busted for having sex, they'd been a Final Four team. <laughs> yeah, that was an odd one. <laughs> it was, but also that year beat out Kawhi Leonard. So. True. But the other end of real, real quick, because we'll, I'm going to do this every week, but I found out some fascinating stuff. So Alex Hansen won the award in two thousand two, 2003 I believe that was it. That was the year. I found multiple players, him included. No, sorry, Alex Jensen, not Hanson. I don't know where I got that. 99. I was looking at um, somebody else. 13 points per game was Player of the Year. I found – I was going through all the stats to average them out, which I'll do another time, but I found at least – Three or four players who didn't even average fifteen points per game who are player of the year just because they're considered the best player on the best team. Which which
1: season was it that um what did you say, Jensen that won the
0: ninety
1: nine two thousand. Ninety nine or two thousand. I'm I'm curious I'm curious now what the other players did that season. That's what I'm gonna look at um, too.
0: That's what I'm gonna find out. Like what did when Douglas won what did other players do? What did this guy do? Like he was average no, sorry. Yeah, he was thirteen point one points per game. Seven and a half rebounds and three assists. And he was uh, he's a good shooter, 61% from the field.
1: So it looks like you did have eight players that were qualified. So a qualified tentatively means like 20 games or more mm-hmm. that had 15 or more points per game. So that is interesting that the award went to a guy that averages 13 points per game.
0: Well, they won the conference that year.
1: So... I guess what what would be your initial takeaway then for this season? Like what we've seen so far from some of the guys we mentioned on the first team or maybe even the second team, how do you think what you found in the past could reflect maybe what ends up happening in this year's uh, Player of the Year voting? It's still
0: early, but like I said, um, clearly the number one option is being, number one criteria in my opinion, is being first or second in the conference, which leads me to believe like Caleb Martin. Could be in the mix clearly, not just on talent, but like the outside criteria. I, I don't know if UNLV will get there, but Brandon McCoy, UNLV is clearly a top four team at worst, I would say, right now. Is that fair to say for them? Definitely. So, I would say, so if we look at right now, so let's just go by Ken Palmer, real quick. We'll go to the top teams right there. So, if we go, I know it's not exact science, but Nevada, I give you Caleb Barton, uh, Chandler Hutchinson. I don't think anybody from San Diego State, but then you have Brandon McCoy. No. If I'm gonna go for an outsider. I don't know Hayden, Hayden Dalton, perhaps, but from what I've seen so far, and I'm going to look at more data as well, like go through those years. But from this first week, I would say it's going to be somebody from either Boise, UNLV, or Nevada. But you got to finish top two because every again, there's 20 times this award has been handed out to a couple co players of the years. There's been 18, so two of them, all but two finished first or second. So unless you have an amazing season, like let's say McCoy goes, UNLV finishes fourth. And he averages say twenty two and twelve. He could win the he could maybe win it. Do you do you think the fact that UNLV was
1: just atrocious last year, he comes in and completely transformed the team, do you think that could potentially help out his voting a little bit?
0: I would think so. But also think about too, how many other players do they bring in as well, not just him? Could, sure. Like Javon al- of eligible and all those transfers that came in too. No, I think there's a little bit to that as well, but because they were that bad last year, but it it's not like they say they brought in one or two guys, maybe graduated with one or two. It's almost the same team. This is a completely different team. But I think that mm-hmm. will still be in the mind. Oh, they're that bad, but this guy's doing this and he's a freshman. But so far from what I've seen, it's going to be, if I'm going to pick, it's going to be Caleb Martin Hutchinson or it could be a, ah, geez, a McCoy. But that's just after one week. I'm gonna look at next week like what am I planning next next week let's look at every statistical category from each winner' so like I'm gonna average like Jensen and Douglas will balance each other on points per game or Jimmer Fredette scoring 30 points per game and averaging compared to everybody else. So that's something I'm going to look at next. Mm-hmm. But right now basically you got to be a guard and be on the top two team. That's the basics I've seen so far. And so that really means just mark not even Mark what Hutchinson fits at basically. Mm-hmm. so maybe
1: yeah and he came in he came in with all the preseason player of the year votes too mm-hmm. so maybe that could could account for something as well could be
0: but that's what I've seen but I'm gonna do something every week like po- average points I'm gonna look back at that season with Douglas look at some like you said with J- with Jensen that one year where he scored 12 13 points and was the player of the year so <laughs> I'm gonna look at where did you find those numbers as well real quick just so everybody else can look at it plus myself were you at sports reference
1: yeah, Sports Reference. If you just go to the Mountain West Conference Index, you'll have all the 19 seasons up there, and they have Player of the Years listed to the right, so it's really easy to. So
0: find. I so I took the long way to look this up. <laughs> I went year by year. <laughs> Man, so you went to <laughs> send you a couple links. Dang it, play it. You went to play index. You said, or play? it's
1: if if you go into Sports Reference. I mean, you can go and type uh, go on the top and just type Nevada or something, so you can get to the Mountain West page. Yeah, Mountain West and page so, for 2000
0: 2001.
1: Okay, so then you can go and click on Mountain West Conference Index, so it should be uh, should be highlighted to the left, and then once you get into that page,
0: it will show all of the seasons, and you can go in and directly click. Yeah, I took a longer way to get there. <laughs> did I did. Well, well, I was on Wikipedia. <laughs> that gave me the same thing. Maybe my stats what I was looking at, but uh, you know, that's good too. That's a little bit a little bit better info. So. Yeah, you got Lee Kamar Jared Giddens, but yeah, we're gonna look in through and see. Oh, the regular season champ. Okay, there's like there's some tri champs, so it makes a few things different. Like uh, when McKellie Wesley won in 2000, 2001, thousand one, three teams tied. So, but yeah, we'll keep looking for that. I'll find out a unique way to look at who could qualify this week. But here's one guy. Um, if I'm gonna if we're gonna go for a Ruben Douglas type year. Um, who's the best player in San Jose State at the moment? Is it what Ryan um, – what's his name? Yeah,
1: Ryan Whalage. Whalage Got to be your go-to guy. What, though, is he aver- point what, point. what
0: is he average so far? He's only about 15 per game, right? Something like that? Uh,
1: he He's averaging a bit more than that. Last time I checked, I think it was around 17. I'm getting to it right there now. We go, he's yeah. at uh, Six- 18.3 points per game.
0: So if you have a guy on the outside like him, I would even say maybe Hayden Dalton might be that French guy. I would say if you can get to um, – if Wellich is going to get it, he's going to average at least like twenty-seven per game, like a double-double somehow, on any category. Yeah, I,
1: so. I can't. Yeah, I can't see that one happening. <laughs> I'm just saying. But that, Hayden
0: Dalton, I think, I think so because
1: he he would already have two Player of the Year awards after uh, week, yeah. this next Monday, and you would only be one of two players in the conference to do that alongside Brandon McCoy. So he yeah, he's
0: more the outsider yeah. that could get it than anybody else. I'm thinking. when I mean outsider, I mean based off what I've seen, first or second place finish, because mm-hmm. well, I mean. Honestly, they're probably not going to be that, but they're going to be a thorn in everybody's side because they already beat San Diego State. So, they, I think Wyoming
1: could realistically go nine and zero at home and nine and zero on or oh and on and nine on the road this year. <laughs>
0: the ultimate,
1: it, it's it's possible. You think so? I um, who's the road? I mean, games? This team Who... struggles on the road. I looked at their road games and and they're not too easy either. So they they have at Nevada, okay. at New Mexico, at Utah State. At San Jose State, that's at San Jose State and at New Mexico are probably the ones that they can win. Um, Besides that, they're at Colorado State, at UNLV, at San Diego State, at Fresno, and at Boise.
0: I can see them winning three of those. CSU. They they could
1: lose. (laughs) They 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 could win every game at home, and they could probably lose every game on the road. I mean, San Jose State they'll probably win that game. New Mexico they'll probably win that game and CSU would also have them favored in that one. They don't go to Air Force? But all the other ones, they should probably lose. No, they don't go to oh, Air Force. Um, so <laughs> that'll be interesting to see, but so far, um, they, they did have that unusual home loss in Northern Colorado, but besides that, they've been solid at home and a bit questionable on the road, so we'll see.
0: All right, let's get to the game real quick this weekend because we don't need to go extremely long here. We're already at 50 minutes, but we got games on Saturday. We have a... I'm trying to pull up the exact schedule to know some TV stuff here. But everybody's in action, but Wyoming. Because I'm pretty safe to say it's going to be Dalton Player of the Week. So we're going to start making our own awards list to look for that Sunday afternoon. Because we're going to beat the league and have the Premier Player of the Week award. I'll call it right now. That's, I'll say it. So uh, what what game are you looking forward to? Because the game started at uh, about 1 Pacific. Or one 2 Pacific go through 8 Pacific, essentially. Every game, interesting, is a West Coast time. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Reno, the one that I'm definitely looking at is Boise State at UNLV. That, that's clearly the game. That's on – if you get AT&T Sports Network, check it out. If not, you can stream it maybe on the Watch Stadium app. Again, I stress maybe because I'm not sure how that app works at the moment or have all football season either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's a, that could determine a lot of things in the conference with what McCoy and Hutchinson, maybe the top two players in the league. What will UNLV do at home? Because they've been better at home than the road, clearly. Because I, overtime Arizona on the road, overtime NIU or UNI, excuse me. Boise beat Oregon on the road, so they've already had a pretty good matchup. I think this game, like you're correct, could be one that I know it, we meant. Okay, we can do the hyperbole. Oh, it's an important game, but like you said before, November 10th and December 31st are going to be equally as important for the most part, if not more, depending who you're playing. But this could this is going to be a big game that could set the stage for either team. I'd say it's more important for UNLV than Boise State because Boise's already had this experience and being a good team for the past three or four years. Whereas UNLV, they've been tested, but they've lost both their tests so far this year.
1: Hmm, that's fair. I think these teams match up pretty closely with one another. They both have size in the front court. Um, when they do take their threes, they're pretty efficient. Tempos will be a bit of an interesting facet to the game because Boise likes to slow it down. UNLV will be running, of course. But it'll be an excellent matchup. And I think, I mean, for sure, whoever loses this game, you can knock them out of that. Large hopes if, if you haven't already. Um, but it's, it's just a massive game between two teams that should probably finish top three in the league. I'm curious how UNLV defends Boise City on the perimeter because, as we know, the Broncos have a ton of shooters, but UNLV has just done an excellent job defending the three-ball this year. Um, On the boards, that'll be interesting as well because UNLV, they've had their struggles on the defensive rebounding side, and that's something that Boise State does pretty well. And Boise State also an excellent defensive rebounding team. Actually looking right now, they lead the entire country in defensive rebounding percentage, so Mm. they don't give up a lot of uh, offensive looks for the opponents. So UNLV could have a really difficult time scoring second-chance buckets, but yeah, this one should go down to the wire. I think it'll be a fun one.
0: So who's going to guard uh, Brandon McCoy then? Because I've made the uh, assertion earlier one of our shows that he's got to play zone on him. Don't double him, but play an actual zone where you can essentially double him. But because here's what you can do with the zone: you can make uh, you can be comfortable in the zone because oh, I got just one guy behind me. But then it's depending on what they do, whether it's uh, the variation could make a difference in. I think he's going to make him be uncomfortable the whole game, and I think that's the way to do it. I bet they I bet they could do a matchup. Like I think they'll do a mix of that defense throughout the game, as particularly if he starts going off. But I think what Boise is going to do, they're not going to adjust to him. They're going to play whatever their normal defense is for at least the first timeout, the first, uh, the first four, and then they'll make some changes. I think that's the best way because why make yourself uncomfortable when you should play your own thing and then maybe change later if it's not working?
1: I I think that's probably the wise thing to do. And Boise State, it's not foreign for them to switch into the zone. They've done that a number of times. They did their last time out against Colorado State. So they do have experience playing in the zone, and it's been, for the most part, effective. So if they are having trouble defending McCoy and Justin down low, they could potentially switch into the 2-3 like they have. Um, and, I mean, 2-3 zone is, it is occasionally problematic for grabbing those uh, defensive boards. <laughs> but that's something that Boise State does better than anyone in the country right now. So I think they'd probably be comfortable switching into a 2-3 zone if they need to. But otherwise, they'll defend straight up. And they, they should have a pretty good counter for the UNLV offense.
0: Yeah, that's it's just what I want to see. Because if you can rebound great, like they do, like if you switch up a defense, you maybe not play all the time, it's... They'll be okay. So, real quick, um, I say that a lot. Real quick, I should stop doing that. But ESPN's BPI index. Have you looked at that yet for this game? I haven't. No, let the fun part of the show
1: where I look terrible in my prediction. <laughs> it's okay.
0: Sometimes with Matt, I make out. I make an outrageous comment just because I know it's completely wrong to hear him laugh. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> because typically, if i if we bring this up, you know, it's going to be some sort of extre- extremity or extreme. An extreme, mm-hmm. not extremity. That's like a hand or a foot <laughs> An extreme. I'm not feeling great. My, I think my, I need some more cough medicine. The past, this past hour has been getting to me talking too much, but what, okay. UNLV is at home. So you're probably assuming they're the favorite. What is the matchup predictor favored um, UNLV by or the percent? I'm sorry. The percentage of victory. Cause that's how they label it here.
1: All right. So for a quick flashback, <laughs> I predicted that, um, that Gonzaga would be an eighty six percent favorite over uh San Diego State. That one didn't quite pan out. That was what, like so sixty almost really a toss playing. up,
0: wasn't it like fifty seven percent?
1: I th- I think it might have been even lower than that, honestly.
0: Okay, so what is the so what do I'm you playing with house money right now <laughs>
1: because I have nothing to lose. I think that UNLV
0: is fifty four percent. Nope. Is Boise favored? No. UNLV huh. favored a 70 seventy thirty. What? For UNLV.
1: Man, I can't. I can't predict this BPI. Usually, I have a. I feel like I have a decent feeling about how certain formulas work. Uh, but man, I, there's something about BPI that I'm just not figuring out right now. I don't know if I see UNLV as a 70% favorite. I think Boise State has a pretty good shot just based on styles alone and how the teams match up with one another.
0: All right, so we probably should mention the other games because we we've kind of went off the track talking about mid season stuff because that's fun too. But here's who's playing this weekend because we got a let's give a quick winners really quick. So you got a CSU versus uh, San Jose State on the road. I believe we're both going to go with the Rams. Yes. Okay. If you want to go to this game in person, um, if you want to burn thirty four dollars, you're uh, you're able to do so, <laughs> but I'd recommend against it. <laughs> thirty four dollars to get into the door. That's what it says here. Yeah. No. How are they going to get hundred people there? Guess what? If you go to our um, show notes, we'll have a Geek Seat code in there. I'm. I won't guarantee because I'm not looking. At it, but I'm pretty sure if you want to go to that game, click on that link and find tickets to this game. It'll be cheaper and it'll help us out too. So
1: thirty four dollars to get in to see a seven and seven Colorado State team. Would you like to know
0: what it costs to get into Boise versus UNLV? I,
1: I don't want to guess because I just I have no idea. Fifteen dollars.
0: <sighs> what?
1: Okay, that doesn't. I
0: could spend less money driving to that game then I and purchasing a ticket than if had I live in San Jose State, San Jose area and go to that game. I could take the six hour drive which is one tank of gas, which is twenty. well okay, it'd be basically the same amount of money because a full tank of gas for my car is about twenty five bucks. Okay, I might spend a few more dollars. But the entertainment value would easily exceed that.
1: <laughs> and and this is exactly why there will be ten times as many people uh, in uh, in Las Vegas and in San Jose State on Saturday for those basketball games. No
0: kidding, but Rams, Rams to win that one. Um, Nevada at New Mexico, or excuse me, New Mexico at Nevada could be somewhat interesting. Let's see what the, uh, pre- oh, they don't have the pick summary here. Dang it. I wish I could pull that up, but that that's probably my number two game. That's the game that c- kicks off, or not, I'm sorry, football season here. Sorry, 2 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> I'm not going to have you guess it, but BPI, 94% chance for Nevada. 94%. Yeah,
1: I, I can see that. You think? I don't think New Mexico stands a chance.
0: And then we got Air Force, Fresno. Fresno should win. Okay, what do you think is a higher winning percentage? Nevada over New Mexico or Fresno over Air Force? <laughs> I would say Fresno over Air Force. Uh, hold on barely by what percentage point.
1: Ooh, there we go. Okay, I got the fill the BPI now. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> All right, then what do you Bring got? on Spring on San Diego State Utah State.
0: Okay, that game um, tips at um ESPN3, so put on your Chromecast okay. or whatever. Um 7 p.m. Pacific. What do you got?
1: What? I have I uh, guess percentage. Yeah, it's percentage based, yeah. Okay, I'll guess San Diego State at Seventy-one percent
0: closer. Seventy-nine percent. Oh, okay. you're getting there. You're figuring it out a little bit. DPI is a funky, funky beast. I think it likes home teams. I would. Yes, that would make sense. Like every metric should like <laughs> home teams. <laughs> okay. They really like UNLV for some reason to Thomas and mac it hmm. really quick. Um, I did it again. Shoot, sorry, folks. Uh, what's the upset you'd pick that's most likely to happen out of these games?
1: Well, it would probably have to be a home team. So but then again, most of the teams that are playing at home this week should be
0: favored. They well they are as so, we've gone through BPI.
1: Maybe maybe San Jose State being Colorado State, if you want to call it one an upset. Ooh, really? Yeah, I Colorado State just does not have an offense that I'm that I am liking right okay. now. It just did not look good against Boise and I, and San Jose State doesn't have much of an offense either, so that could be like a win 60 or score 60 points and win type game
0: i'm gonna throw cold water spartans are a favorite okay. spartans are the favorite to win wow we didn't do this one what, so that's not even upset what's the bpi because we didn't discuss this one this is a fun game <laughs>
1: 51 to 49 62 to 38 <laughs> san jose state 62 percent over colorado state yeah there is
0: something i'm just not understanding about this do you have ken palms uh line for this game up, or any of them up at the moment?
1: I do. I do. Um, San Jose State is expected to lose by 2 to Colorado <laughs> State. Nevada's favored by 17 over New Mexico. Oh boy. Uh, UNLV is favored by 2 over Boise. Uh, San Jose is favored by 10 over Utah State. See, these are the kind of <laughs> lines that I would ex-
0: come to expect. <laughs> this is a, this will be a season-long thing we're doing. Guess to, guess to BPI, Eli.
1: And it also has the win percentage projections on here, too. So I... There are definitely some differences
0: in that. Okay. I assume that's the paid version of Ken Palm.
1: It is. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see Eli Forks over the big money for that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Just paid up, paid up my $20 it's a couple $20.
0: days. $20. No, that's a, that's a good deal if you get it. It's,
1: it's worth the money. If I can make $20 off writing articles, uh, then I, it's worth the subscription. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so uh, here's what we're, kind of our schedules are going to be. Um, we prob- Are we going to do this twice a week or are we going to go once a week? Do we need to figure this out off air?
1: Yeah, that's probably wiser. So really quick. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. If we
0: don't p- p- broadcast again our show, next game is Tuesday, January 2nd. So probably not going to because I don't think we're going to do a New Year's Eve show because that's kind of lame. Just because, I don't know, like basketball much going much, but I'm, I'm going to say no. There won't be a show anyway, so I'll say right now. There's not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, Aztecs at the Rams. Real quick on Tuesday and Wednesday, it's just super quick. We're not going to do our fun stuff before, but New Mexico at Boise, Fresno at Utah State, Wyoming at Nevada, UNLV at San Jose State. Sums up with the Spartans' home court because they're also a twenty nine dollar ticket when they host UNLV.
1: How do they? How do you expect to get anyone in the gym when you're three nine? You're charging thirty dollars to see teams that are at five hundred. That's like what Washington does when they're hosting Bethune Cookman.
0: I don't know. At least we have uh, Anna there. Gets her for free, so that's helpful. That's a uh... I don't know, but I'm just saying. At like least she doesn't have to pay thirty bucks to go. Jeez. I I
1: would hope not. I would tell her not to go. Yeah, for I would say no. Do not go. stay.
0: So that's a, a couple of games, but we'll probably go okay. once, maybe twice a week. We'll see how it goes down the road. Cause again, we're not CBS guys. Those guys go three times a week, but they also <laughs> they also talk about 350 teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, more to talk about. Exactly.
0: All right, so that's our show for today. Hope you enjoy it. Um, check out the hoops games. We'll have all previews, recaps, all sorts of fun stuff, upcoming on basketball we're doing some videos so we'd appreciate if you look at our videos and we're pivoting the video no we're not pivoting (laughs) we are complimenting with video i like it complimenting that's what fox sports should have done oh jeez, don't get me started with them they're terrible but um we're working on a few things that it might autoplay with sound we're trying to fix that but here's the upside our videos themselves are more like kind of a slideshow video type thing there'll be some highlights but we're probably not going to talk over them or do any music or anything really just because you don't need that stuff but the ads at the moment unfortunately play sound but if you just click mute and let it run still we'd still appreciate that a lot
1: don't <laughs> <laughs> figure it
0: out and if you click on the ad that'd be nice too awesome but uh We'll do, we'll do a couple of videos. You're like We're going to do a Player of the Week video and stuff like that, highlights and more things like that. So look out for that stuff, MW Wire, on uh, the good old, um, what is it, uh, Facebook? Interwebs. Interwebs. Oh. Also, if you want to comment with us, uh, I, ne- I never mentioned this before because for some reason comments aren't really set up on our site for some reason. If you want to drop us a comment, um, go to our Facebook page, Mount West Wire. You can comment on our articles or links. Um, because I know before we get a, lot of, a decent amount of interaction. Twitter, we get that as well. But if you want to go to the Facebook page, I'll leave a comment there in the article we wrote about. And I, me, maybe Eli. I know Eli doesn't use Facebook because he hates it for some reason. But I myself, I, I do yes. Oh, okay, I was just kidding. But you probably do. It took you three <laughs> months to like our page or recently. I
1: know, I vlog on <laughs> Facebook maybe monthly. So I log on. I'm not good with that. I log
0: on to post articles for my jobs. That's the only reason I really use it. But yeah, leave a leave a comment there. Chat about it and uh, give us a heads up, an idea of what you want to see. Maybe for the Player of the Year posts, I want to try to do something every week that's interesting and maybe unique. So if you find something, um, maybe it's a good performance or some angle you want me to look at.
1: So hopefully, or, just, or just any
0: post in general if you have yeah. any
1: ideas stuff that we want to write just go for it because we're always open for new ideas and want to write stuff that you want to read exactly
0: so, so if there's yeah anything not just what I'm working on I'm selfish I guess but anything anything <laughs> like and also for those who are yelling at me right now where's your freaking Utah State writer we're working on it we know we, we understand <laughs> that there is a void and last year our football preview podcast Utah State was the most downloaded by far so We get it. We got you. Supply and demand. We're working on it. We got a few guys who could be coming over, but that's it. Uh, Check out Eli, Betker underscore Eli. Uh, Myself, Jeremy Moss. Um, Now, I'm not going to say that joke because that's lame and that's mean. So, (sighs) MWWire.com is our website. So, check us out there. And, of course, we'll see you next time, folks.